0: Welcome back to the Love Your Bod Pod. I'm your host. I'm Kara Karin Safeli, and I'm a certified health coach. I help people heal their relationships with food and their bodies. And on this podcast, we talk about, all kinds of things, female empowerment, the beauty myth, fat phobia, diet culture. We talk about health at every size, intuitive eating, and my goal is to support you guys in feeling whole and complete and comfortable and confident in your skin and at peace with food. I want to always help you guys make eating easy and no big deal and hopefully fun. And today we have a lovely guest. Her name is Alyssa Young. She's known as Bliss by Liss on Instagram. Alyssa is a self-love activist and women's empowerment coach. It is her mission to inspire and teach women how to manifest a life of bliss from the inside out. I love that. The inside out approach instead of the outside in. That's so important when we're healing our relationship with our body. We're so focused on the outside of our body and what the outside looks like. And we need to shift our internal awareness and our value compass inside. And really think about who we are as individuals and also really honoring the body for the for the mechanisms that are always at play every single second of every single day, keeping us alive and well. Our body is always working so hard for us. Now, Alyssa today on the podcast, I believe she's gonna be the third guest that I've had on the pod, who talks about how her relationship with the divine or universe, spirit, source, God, whatever you call it, however you interpret it, was the pivotal thing that propelled them into a place of highly recovered or of being recovered. So we had Caitlin Pasternak on, we had Jane Meyer, and now we have Alyssa. I believe that's the people who have come on to talk about how their relationship with spirituality was the catalyst for them. And often we we talk about healing our relationship with food from a very like heady western perspective. So we talk about you know health at every size or intuitive eating and we talk about the impact the media has on us and social media and this is sort of a, a different side of the recovery coin, the food freedom coin, the body liberation coin, and I'm excited to really bring it into, um, to bring it into the conversation because it's often something that we don't really think about as being a tool that could help us in our recovery process. And Alyssa talks a lot about her intuition and reconnecting with that, uh, Reiki energy healing, and the impact and the role that that played in her recovery journey. We also have a conversation about how your ability to manifest is directly related to your level of self-worth. Ooh, so good. I'm excited for you guys to hear hear that. She dropped some major wisdom. And then we also talk about things like astrology, human design, tarot, the Akashic records, and healing ancestral trauma. So these are all things that play a role in my own personal life and, and in my journey of just of evolving and and being deeply and more connected to myself and my soul's purpose here on earth and you know I have a program called Soul on Fire which is a spiritual life coaching program so these are these are things that I'm personally very interested in and so I'm excited to be bringing that conversation to the podcast even more and I'm excited for you guys to learn about how these these different tools and modalities helped Alyssa recover. She has a very interesting and also relatable story and journey. So I hope you guys are all doing well. We're still in quarantine at the time of recording this. I'm still in Sedona at my dad's cabin. Um, I hope you're doing well. I'm sending you love. And without further ado, let's get into today's interview. Back to the Love Your Bod Pod today. We have a lovely guest with us. Her name is Alyssa Young, also known as Bliss by Liz. Welcome to the show, Alyssa. How are you?
1: I'm great. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah. So how are you today? Where in the world are you? you? Kind of paint the picture. What's up right now?
1: So I'm in Encinitas, California, which is just a little bit north of San Diego, And I'm doing great, like despite everything that's going on in the world right now with COVID-19, I feel like it could be a pretty stressful time, but I'm very much like at peace and busier than ever. So I'm doing pretty well. Mm, Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. We were talking about that before we hit record. What do you think has you feel calm and, and at
1: peace right now amongst all of this? I think the biggest thing is that I'm starting to look at change as a good thing. I think in the past, I was always really afraid of change because I associated it with some like negative negative outcome in my life. But now that I'm taking the fear out of change and I'm looking at change as an opportunity to grow, I'm using what's happening on the macro level to also like kind of cultivate that energy on the micro. So I'm just allowing myself to change and grow as necessary. And I think that this is such a heightened time of good energy if we utilize it that way. So I've just been leaning into it and letting it see where it takes me. Mm, Yeah, I
0: love that. And for, for those of us who are maybe unclear, when you say I've been seeing the things on the macro and then on the micro, what does that actually mean? Like, Can you explain that a little bit more? Like, Give us some examples of what you mean by macro and micro?
1: Yeah. So like on the macro level, obviously there's a lot of uncertainty with the economy and everything that's going on with the virus. We don't know like what's um, like what's really causing it or like how to cure it. And it seems like things are kind of spiraling out of control. Um, And we also see that like our society is changing. We're all being ordered to stay in our homes. Um, There's small businesses that are having to shut down depending on like how much it involves human interaction. So it seems like there's almost this whole like restart to life as we know it right now. And although that seems kind of scary and uncomfortable in this moment, that doesn't mean that like in a few weeks or a few months from now, we'll have a better outcome and like a better society and i'm also like looking that looking at that at a personal level where it's like my personal life is very uncertain right now um you know jobs are in the air things like that but that doesn't mean that this period of discomfort won't lead to me like discovering like better outcomes in the near future
0: Mm, yeah yeah like i I really love the perspective of this happens for us, not to us, right? So when I look from the perspective of this happens to me, I feel like anxious. I feel out of control. I feel the victim. I feel at the effect of it. But when I look from the perspective that this is happening for us, I feel empowered. I feel positive. I feel expansive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And there's, I feel like there's this possibility for like what you said for us to come out on the other side, like even side, like even stronger, more collected, um, more connected, more evolved Mm -hmm. living life differently, having, having gratitude for that, which we used to take for granted, right? Like life as we know it has, has shifted really, really quickly.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I love that. Um, is there anything else you want to add to that? Speak to
1: Yeah. I would just say like, I think looking at all of it as a learning lesson, like I believe in life, there's only lessons and blessings. And if you can look at all this as like a really big lesson and what you can take from it, um, it kind of eases some of that anxiety because you don't think like the world is against you. It's just teaching you something new right now.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Love that. Lessons and blessings only. What a way to move through life what a perspective. Like, so those of you listening who are having a really, really hard time, whether it's because of the virus, because of your relationship with food, your relationship with food, your body relationships, et cetera. Like what if you were to look from the perspective that everything was either a lesson or a blessing? How would that shift things for you? I really love that. Um, so moving on. Tell us a little bit about your relationship with food in your body and how your eating disorder started and how
1: did you get to where you are now? Yeah, so it's a bit of a long story, but I'll try to make it as concise as possible. But um, growing up for as long as I remember, I had a challenging relationship with my body. Um, I remember being as young as like second grade and agreeing to go on Weight Watchers with my mom. Um, I was involved in competitive dance and so I was always staring at myself in like a leotard and tights and comparing my body to other girls and my mom, um, her to death, but she didn't have the best relationship with her body and so I think some of that was mirrored to me and I think some of that was mirrored to me and I picked up on that and then my parents went through a pretty nasty divorce when I was in high school and, uh, that caused a lot of emotional distress and it was just a really challenging time for me. And unfortunately, um, my parents like didn't handle things the best way. And my relationship with my dad was a little complicated at the time. I never want to blame someone for what they like did or how they acted, but he would you know, try to like bribe me to lose weight and would always make comments about my body. And eventually that spiraled into a complete eating disorder. And I was diagnosed with anorexia when I was a junior in high school and then struggled with that for um, a couple months until it was finally brought to the school's attention and the school had to get involved. I was suspended from the dance team until I recovered pretty quickly because I was really determined to be allowed to go away to college. I wanted to go to San Diego state. And there was a few of my therapists, nutritionists, um, that said like, they didn't think that was a good idea, but I just really wanted to get out of the house and have that new experience. So I started eating, I guess, the adequate amount of calories. Um, and that was what I called recovery for a little bit, but, um, that spiraled into a lot of orthorexia. And then once I was at school, I got very lost being in a sorority and comparing my body to other girls. And I think because I hadn't fully healed while I was still in high school, it played out in a number of ways, uh, with me getting addicted to Adderall and using drugs to stay skinny. um, there was a lot of like purging after drinking and just, I was kind of a mess to be honest. Um, and I had phases where I would get better and then kind of spiral back down, get better and then kind of spiral back down. Um, but finally, I would say that I fully recovered about a year and a half ago and that was when I started my spiritual practice and I became spiritual because it just completely shifted my outlook on life and my relationship to my body and realizing how my mind, body and soul are all connected. So after kind of hitting a rock bottom and being dumped by a boyfriend that was not the best for me, um, I finally got to this place where I was like, I can only go up from here and diving deep into that spiritual practice is what eventually healed me from my eating disorder.
0: Mm, Yeah. I really want to dive into that deeper today. I really want to ask you like several questions about that before we get into that. It's so interesting to hear. So you were saying like, I don't want to blame, you don't want to blame your parents. You want to blame your mom and dad. And like you, my parents definitely did some things that had a massive impact on me. And while I don't want to blame them, I can still acknowledge the impact that it had, you Mm -hmm. know? And I think that a lot of us I know with so many of my clients and I can imagine with those listening that like they are able to actually see perhaps the same situation in their own lives where it's like, you don't want to blame your parents for the development of your eating disorder, but you can like really fully acknowledge the impact it had. Mm-hmm. And those two things can coexist. And I often think that we don't think that we can't, they can, mm-hmm. you know, it's just an incredible to see like how much, of an influence our parents can be on the development. And so I'm curious, like, have you talked with your parents? Like, have you shared with them if you did, what was that process like for you? Or did you feel like you got complete with it on your own?
1: Um, when I was back in high school, I had therapy sessions with both my parents separately because they still don't have a great relationship. Um, and unfortunately, my dad did not like want to take any responsibility for it. Like his first response when I was in a therapy session with him was, um, don't make this about me. I had nothing to do with this. And that was like really hard for me to see at the time. But I know now, like he doesn't see things from the same perspective of me as me, but he also like has made adjustments to the way that he like our relationship, he's done a lot of growth on his own and it's really helped our relationship, but there's just certain things that I have to realize he'll never understand. And I've come to terms with that. Like a big thing is not having expectations from my parents and just realizing that like, I can do the healing on my part and I don't need certain things from them. And then my relationship with my mom is much more open. And, um, we connect on like. much deeper soul level, I guess. And so I've been able to share a lot more and she's been able to understand that. So that's been very healing, but it's also just understanding that like everyone has their own trauma and they can do only the best that they know how at the time. So I've had conversations, but I don't think that like they will ever fully get where I'm coming from, but I've made peace with that.
0: Mm, Yeah. And I think that that's like important to, to acknowledge and to realize is that like you can get to a place where you're at peace, even if the other person like never apologizes or never acknowledges the impact they had or takes responsibility for how they made you feel and, and how they Mm -hmm. affected you. And I think that that can possibly create a lot of hope for anyone who is dealing with a similar situation. And, you know, you and I have very similar stories, like with our parents going through a crazy divorce with like my parents saying stuff that definitely affected me. And then like using Adderall, partying, like drinking, like, you know, bad boyfriends, like all of those
1: things, you know? <laughs> yeah, they all seem to find each other at the same time somehow. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's like a,
0: it's a perfect little beautiful mess, I guess, you know? Mm. Um, Okay. So let's, let's chat about your, your recovery journey and how spirituality helped you. So I, I was thinking about this before going into our podcast. I had one other woman on the podcast named Caitlin Pasternak, who talks a lot about how um, spirituality had helped her heal. And I really love sharing the, like a story like hers and a story like yours to show that there isn't one right way to get better. There isn't Mm -hmm. like one fits all type of solution. It's ultimately truly what you connect with. And I'm, I'm just like really stoked to get into this today. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. How did you reconnect with your intuition and, and like, how did you lose it? When did you lose it? When did you learn about intuition and how has, and how did that end up playing a role?
1: and it's also kind of like my security blanket it's what guides me throughout life and i would be completely lost without it Uh, i'm not sure when exactly i lost sight of my intuition um probably at some point when i was in college i think that just trying to fit into this lifestyle that was so not me um if anyone knows anything about astrology, I have my son in the 12th house, as well as like three or four other planets, which is the house of spirituality. So spirituality plays a big role in shaping who I am. And I completely lost sight of that when I went to college. So I was trying to fit in with this party lifestyle and, um, just trying to be around these people that just weren't meant for me. And I think my soul felt very out of place. So I lost sight of my intuition there and I started to regain my intuition. Um, like right after I graduated college, like right after I graduated college, when I was in this toxic relationship, I think my intuition started to come in and say like, you know, this relationship isn't good for you. You know, that your current, like friendship situation isn't good for you. The lifestyle is not good. Like you need to make some changes. And I ignored my intuition. I didn't want to hear it. I just wanted to stay comfortable in what I knew. I didn't want to make these big life changes that my intuition was telling me to do. And if you ignore your intuition long enough, it will slap you across the face and make you hit rock bottom. So that's basically what happened to me. And I slowly, it was kind of just this like influx of all these different things that came into my my life that helped me grow my intuition. I became really obsessed with podcasts and I treated them like it was my like worship. I listened to them all day long and learned so much about meditation and your spirit, all of it. And through that, I just discovered more and more of my passions and um i took more of my focus off of the, like the food and the calories and dieting and put that more on bettering my soul rather than my body and yeah i basically just like learned so much at once and it almost like just opened up this whole new world to me and i was able to understand more of like what i like and what i don't like and i learned that not only can i have intuition about like the kind of guys that I should be dating and the friends that I have, but I can also use my intuition to make everyday decisions, whether that's like what I want to eat for breakfast or what kind of foods I want to eat, whether that's like plant-based or, um, how I want to exercise, like does doing a yin yoga class or going for a run sound good to me today? Like I opened up this dialogue with my body that I had lost for so lost for so long because I completely ignored it. I thought I knew what my body wanted, but it was screaming at me that that's not what it wanted. So learning to trust myself again and trust that like, if I tune in and be quiet, I can actually hear what it is that my body wants and I can take care of it. And in turn, my body and soul can take care of me.
0: Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I, there were a few things in there that I really loved what you had said just about how, when you found spirituality, it was like all of a sudden you had this other thing to focus on, to channel your energy into. And I know that mm-hmm. uh, when I was a guest on your podcast, I had talked about like self consciousness and other consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandolyn Tibo has a quote that I love. And I heard this quote years after I recovered from my eating disorder. I heard it years after from her and I was like, oh shit, that's exactly what happened to me. And I'm really seeing that it's what happened to you to some degree.
1: You can let mm-hmm. me know
0: for You can let Mm -hmm. me know if you agree. Um, it says we don't need to solve our problems. We only need to find problems bigger than ourselves. The antidote to self-consciousness is not self-improvement, but other consciousness. And so all of a sudden you got exposed to this other consciousness, this thing called spirituality, this thing called my intuition, Zen yoga class, Reiki, (laughs) uh, human design. And all of a sudden you were just like, this is so much bigger than me. I'm, I want to expand into this. I want to, channel my energy into this. And it really became this new life raft that Mm -hmm. was able to support you and guide you back home, you know, and like Mm -hmm. support you in so many ways.
1: Yeah. I couldn't explain that better myself. Like that quote is exactly what happened to me. And I think the reason that I hit rock bottom so hard was because I felt so lost and I felt very like unsupported. And my consciousness is way too much on myself and on my problems. And when I was able to see it from like a bird's eye view, a bigger picture, I realized the immense amount of love that surrounds me. And I realized that like, there's so many more important things in this world than like the calories that I consume in a day, or even just like, although they were big problems at the time, like figuring out what I wanted to do with my life or like my relationships, like, it all seems so small when you realize that like where you are right now is exactly where you need to be. I'm always like divinely guided and supported and I'm never not loved or not supported.
0: Mm, yeah yeah i really i think it really takes something to surrender into that perspective of like that actually being possible and mm-hmm. and being the truth yeah even if like you identify more with being a religious person and you have have like faith in god or jesus or whatever it is that you believe whether it's spirituality like whatever it looks like for you but to really be able to be like i'm divinely guided and i'm supported and i can trust that this is happening for me all of that yeah like that to me all of that yeah like that takes something to really let go and surrender and mm-hmm. It's just ironic because eating disorders are all about control they're Mm -hmm. and holding on and and rigidity. And like, you know, it's just like the exact opposite. Um, And then you had said in there, you know, I was curious, what is your human design? I'm a
1: manifesting generator.
0: Okay. Do you want to share with us a little bit about like what that means? Like I'm still such a novice, like I'm still Mm -hmm. learning like about my own human design.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know too much about it. Like I've had a human design reading. So I, know a little bit about how I show up in the world. And so I'm a manifesting generator with sacral authority. And to me, this goes all back to my intuition. Like when I I have to wait to respond to things. Like that's how things show up into my life. And then I also, when I respond to them, I feel it in my body. Like I have like a, like you said, like an expansive or a contractive response to it. So learning that like my body will communicate to me through these like sounds or these feelings in my body um it just like was another way to realize that my intuition is completely guiding me in this life and I don't have to worry that like my body's gonna lead me the wrong way and it also just gave me permission to accept things about myself that I kind of had shied away from in the past like I know that my human design, like one of the things I hate the most is confrontation. And I always saw that as a weakness. And I didn't understand like, why did I avoid that for so long? And then when I realized it's like so written in my human design, like it's not something to be ashamed of, but it's just something to be aware of. And it's allowed me to realize that that's something that like I can work on building my self-confidence and like owning my self-worth and through that, I can be more comfortable with things like confrontation.
0: Mm, Yeah. And I could see how it would like support you in part of like the way that I was designed. Okay. Got it.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. it would
0: allow you to really grant some grace and permission. And I also really loved how you had said, like, you know, if you ignore your intuition for too long, like you hit a rock bottom. I love the, I heard it explained one day where it's like your intuition will absolutely start out as a whisper. Mm -hmm. And you have to be willing to like, pay attention to the whispers and listen to the whispers. But if you ignore the whisper, it will become a scream Mm -hmm. and you will be forced to reckon with that scream. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so like you said, AKA the rock bottom.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like the thing about spirituality is so many people do have these stories where they're like, I had to hit rock bottom and then I found spirituality but the truth is you don't have to hit rock bottom if you don't ignore the whispers like it can be a very light loving experience but if you ignore them for too long it will it will become loud. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's big time. Yeah, and it's so funny like I totally hit a rock bottom like so massive. Like had a huge rock bottom but it was like like you said, you don't have to hit rock bottom even though like I truly believe rock bottom is a beautiful place from which you can rebuild your life. But like you said, like you don't have to get there if you're willing to like, listen to the whispers, like you said, you know? Mm -hmm. So can you speak about how Reiki and energy healing played a pivotal role in your recovery? But can you also share with us, like, what is Reiki? What is healing energy for those of us? are these ladies talking about?
1: (laughs) Yeah. So When I first heard about Reiki, I thought it was really like woo-woo and out there, Um, but I also was instantly drawn to it. And basically, it is energy healing. It originated in Japan, actually, and it hasn't been around for that long. I believe it started in just before World War II, so it really has not been something that's um, been around for that long. But basically, if you believe that like everything is energy you have the power to heal through energy and it just basically involves you getting different attunements, which are basically like energy upgrades. And through a Reiki treatment, a Reiki practitioner will place their hands uh, either like directly above you or they can touch you. And they are essentially just clearing out the negative energy and making room for more positive energy to come through to come through. And it played a big role in my recovery because I learned through my human design that I hold a lot of trauma in my stomach. Uh, I have an open sacral chakra. And so I basically, like all those years through childhood and high school and college, I just kept compounding this intense trauma in my stomach. And I have a very weak digestive system. Uh, when I began the refeeding process with my recovery, I just never could digest food the same way. Um, I constantly was bloated, had a lot of issues, was so uncomfortable in my own skin. And I think that was a big reason that I had a hard time loving my body was because I woke up every day feeling like I was like seven months pregnant. And it's just really, even though I believe you should love your body at every size, when your body doesn't feel like it's at its optimal health, it's like challenging to do that. challenging to do that sometimes. So I listened to my intuition and found this, uh, Reiki practitioner in Encinitas. I guess she doesn't actually even like normally do the practicing or like her practice on a day-to-day basis she was mostly in retirement, but I found her number, messaged her and she agreed to do it. And she's like, yeah, I don't know why I felt called to like, have a session with you, but normally I don't do this anymore. And she's like, how did you even find me? I'm like, I don't know. I had somehow found your name on Google and here I am. Like my intuition told me to do it. So I had an hour long session with her and I have never felt more incredible than after that session. Um, It was really interesting the whole time that she was doing it. I could see the different colors of the chakras and I saw a lot of yellow, which is the color of your solar plexus. And she was saying after that, like I was holding so much um, negative energy, um, negative energy and trauma in my stomach. And she works basically the whole time to release that. And after that session, I basically did not have any digestive issues anymore. I had previously been diagnosed with SIBO, which is small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. Um, And I will sometimes have flare-ups depending on if I'm stressed or something like that. But basically, Reiki helped heal that. And it released a lot of that trauma that was stored in my body. And so because I was able to release that, I think it released a lot of negative energy that manifested as anxiety, which in turn would turn up that eating disorder, like ego voice in my mind. And once I was able to release that energy, my intuition was so much louder and that like eating disorder voice quieted. And I was able to make decisions based more off of my intuition and based out of love rather than coming from this like fear or negative place of my eating disorder.
0: That's pretty Magical to think about. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like, you know, I believe that we store trauma in the body and I believe that like pain, sometimes we can be in pain or our body will speak to us, you know, mm-hmm. and to think that you can, I've actually, I've never had an official Reiki um, session, but I have friends who have like done a little Reiki here and there and we're like hanging out together, you mm-hmm. know, and maybe it'll help them. Maybe it won't, but it is something to consider or some uh, some other possible modality because I know that when you're going through the refeeding process, even if it's not even if it's not from anorexia, but even if you're just overcoming restriction uh, from disordered eating, you can experience a lot of digestive issues because your gut bacteria dies off. Like if you stop eating certain types of foods, the gut bacteria that survives on those foods die off, and so then when you reintroduce them, you don't have the gut bacteria, you don't have the digestive enzymes, your villi flattens, and so it's really hard for your body to digest all of those foods, and so. I know that the digestion during the refeeding process is like really freaking intense and -hmm. it makes you so uncomfortable. It's incredibly hard to focus. It makes you unsure that you're doing the right thing. Should you eat? Should you not like it? You can have like all, you know, going to the bathroom can be such an issue. And so to think that this is possibly something, not only that it definitely helps you, but then also could help those listening. Like, that's just that's just really cool. And I think like, that's just, that's just really cool. And I, I haven't ever heard of anybody um, using Reiki before for that specifically, which is awesome.
1: Yeah, so I actually got attuned in Reiki one and this Friday I'm getting my um, second attunement. And so I do self-Reiki on myself every morning, especially on my stomach and it just, it works wonders. It's really awesome. Mm,
0: Yeah. Is there anything else that you want to share about like what Reiki is or what energy healing is, or do you feel like you covered it?
1: I think I covered it pretty much, but I definitely would urge anyone that if you've never tried it to look into it, I know it sounds super woo, but um, don't knock it until you try it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like slowly the world's becoming more woo. Like,
0: you know, like people are becoming like knowing what Palo Santo is, what woo woo even means, like manifestation, abundance, law of attraction. Like, yeah, I feel like, you know, it's thanks to Instagram. I feel like more and more people are figuring out about it quicker, you know, related to your level of self-worth. Ooh, I love that. Can you elaborate on that and discuss how the process of learning to manifest helped you heal your eating disorder?
1: Yeah. So first I want to give credit to where I learned about manifestation from, Uh, there's a woman named Lacey Phillips and she has a brand called to be magnetic. And she basically teaches, um, this process of manifestation where You basically, you decide what you want to manifest and you create a list and depending on your human design, you'll either be a specific or a non-specific manifester. Um, I'm personally a specific manifester, so I can like get really detailed about what it is that I want to call in. If I'm trying to manifest like a new place to live, then it gets super clear to like the exact neighborhood, the price point, what I want it to look like inside, all of that. Um, and then you expand your subconscious to find someone that you relate to and you see, Oh, if they can have it, why can't I, and you call these, why can't I, and you call these expanders and you find them and you try to like, not, you don't have to like interact with them on a day-to-day basis, but they could be someone famous and you could even just like watch their Instagram stories of the day and be like, okay, if they can have this, I can have it too. And then the third part of it is unblocking any limiting beliefs that make you feel that you are unworthy or undeserving of calling in that which you're wanting to manifest. And this was really key for me because I realized that um, I believe that you're constantly manifesting. You're either manifesting things that you want or you're manifesting things that you don't want. And that goes to show like what your deep subconscious beliefs are. And so I believe that when I was in that stage in my life where I had the crappy relationship, I had low self-esteem, wasn't making a lot of money, had negative experiences, that was because I I subconsciously believed that that's what I was worth. I didn't hold myself up to this high value. And so doing Lacey's work, um, part of it is unblocking your subconscious through these like daily reprogramming exercises. And a lot of it involves doing inner child work and shadow work. And it basically opened me up to realize like these things that have happened in my childhood or these subconscious beliefs that I believed about myself. And it, was, it allowed me to rewrite those stories. It allowed me to see like, oh, where did I pick up this belief that I'm only loved if I'm thin, or where did I pick up this belief that, like, I have to be beautiful to be successful, or something like that? And it really just cracked me open in the best way. And I learned to, I learned that I was a co creator of my universe and, or co creator of my life with the universe. And I was just basically able to see myself and get these new insights into my subconscious. And a lot of that really helped. my anxiety because I realized that like these things that I was anxious about, I was able to go in and see like, Oh, how was like, where did I first pick up this limiting belief? And yeah, it's kind of a long winded answer, but it just had gave me this whole new perspective on life and on my eating disorder. And it allowed me to see like where I picked it up and it allowed me to completely rewrite it so that moving forward, I was no longer attracting those things through my limiting subconscious beliefs.
0: Mm. Yeah. I actually really like, love that. I have some friends who are like hardcore Lacey Phillips fans, oh, um, really? like all about it. Yeah. They'd be like, you want to come over and do a Lacey Phillips meditation? And I'm like, another time. I mean, I've listened to some of her podcasts. I'm familiar with her work, but it's just really cute that they, um, I don't know if cute's the right word, but I have some fans that I have some girlfriends who are like big ass Lacey Phillips fans. So, um, I love the way that she supports people through the process of manifestation, especially that connection between your self-worth, you know, and believing that you are actually always manifesting Mm -hmm. And you're either manifesting what you don't want because you don't think that you're worth more or you're manifesting what you want because you think you're worth it. And I think that that's, I really relate to what you were saying. Like when you were struggling and doing drugs and in bad relationships and feeling shitty about yourself and struggling with food, like you, your self-worth was really low. And so you were just creating more of that until you were able to shift in the perspective of like, oh, okay, I am valuable. I am worthy. I am deserving all of these things. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious about this. So you were in therapy before you were like seeking treatment prior to finding spirituality. So mm-hmm. I'm curious, what was it about the treatment that you had sought before? Like, how did it help you? How was it not helpful? I kind of just like want to explore the nuance between like this more traditional modality, traditional woo woo, like, you know, other source that isn't even directly related to eating disorder treatment and it really helped you. Can you kind of like share a little bit about your experience and stuff like that?
1: Yeah. So I guess I first want to say if you are currently recovering from an eating disorder, definitely seek help from a professional therapist and nutritionist because that was very, very helpful. And those people are trained in doing that and it's very much needed. Um, but I think that the therapy and working with nutritionists helped me realize like how to cope with the eating disorder. It taught me tools, like how, like how much I should be eating. It helped me get more like reconnected with my body. Um, It helped me realize that it was very much about control. And it originally connected me with my emotions because before being in therapy or working with a nutritionist, I had no idea that like my eating disorder was caused by Like me feeling out of control and because of my parents' divorce. It was strictly just about calories, weight, numbers, the scale. Um, So it helped me make that connection and it did help me get new perspective on my parents and my relationship with them and did some of that healing work. But I think the reason that my recovery was so prolonged was because it never tapped into like my self-worth and my subconscious beliefs, uh, I think like tapped into like my self-worth and my subconscious beliefs. Uh, I think like the therapy helped me kind of dig like the first layer, but I needed to go a lot deeper than that. And so what this subconscious work and like spirituality has shown me is like, It's just like opened up this whole new layer of things, and it's much more going inwards to myself rather than looking at all these external factors.
0: Mm, Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely agree with you. I feel like there's so many modalities, and there's so many layers to therapy, to counseling, to inpatient, outpatient, to dietetics. Like it's all helpful, and it all has its place. And I also think it's okay. And also awesome that there's these other things available to us to help us take us deeper, to help us get to an even deeper level of healing that we might, that we might not would have otherwise, you know, Mm -hmm. so that's cool.
1: Yeah. And just one other thing I would say is, um, your therapist only knows you so well like you know yourself and your like spirit and higher self knows so much more about you so as much as they would love to get you to these deep places like only you can really go there in your subconscious so i think coupling all these things and realizing that there is this really c- strong connection between the mind body and spirit and having that like holistic approach is really what brings it all together mm, yeah i love that yeah totally and i do
0: love that you had mentioned like going deeper and really looking at yourself and doing the inner work and knowing that you know yourself best and like you said you're your higher self all of that you know it's easy to constantly look outside of ourselves for answers so even when we're when we're dieting and trying to control our weight often we will be looking at this external authority called like some other diet whether it's like atkins or keto or to tell us like how to eat when to eat how much to eat should we even eat at all Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the same thing, like while it might have its place, it might help you find control temporarily. Ultimately, it's you who is your own medicine. It's you who's going to be able to go deeper and figure out what it is that you actually really need and to cultivate that trust and like reconnection with yourself, with your higher self, with your body, with your soul, all of that. Like there's just, I see parallels there. mm mm-hmm. So can you explain how you use tools such as astrology? You kind of touched on human design, but the tarot and the Akashic records to improve your self-confidence and heal your eating disorder.
1: Yeah. So this all goes back to like being able to see myself for who I am and understanding things about myself and loving things about myself that I maybe at one time wanted to change or actually hated Uh, I think that I became really disconnected with like who I truly am meant to be. I truly am meant to be like who my higher self wants to be. And these tools have just opened me up and shown me like, this is who I actually am. And I've learned to love these parts of myself. Um, With the Akashic records specifically, I don't know how much you know about them. Um, They're kind of hard to explain, but basically like every soul in every like action of a soul and every thought is all housed in these records. It's a very hard concept to grasp, but basically the records say that like time is not linear. So it houses like everything that has happened, everything that is currently happening and everything that will happen. And you can access these records and it's another way to access your higher self. So anytime that I'm feeling lost or anxious or out of control, I can open up my records with a really simple prayer. And it basically, and it basically gives access to your like masters or higher guides and doing that, was a way for me that I could feel in control and supported because my eating disorder stemmed from like not having any sort of direction or feeling out of control. So I used that as another form of guidance and connecting to my intuition and getting these answers. And the same thing with the tarot. A lot of people believe that tarot is very much like a fortune telling type thing. And that's not really what I use tarot for. I use it more as a way to heal in the present. So if I'm feeling out of control, or if I'm feeling anxious about something, um, I ask questions like, what am I being invited to pay attention to right now? What am I learning about right now? What is under my subconscious that I'm not seeing right now? And when I use the tarot decks or Oracle decks, I'm given giving these, giving these answers from my angels and guides, and that can help me do some healing in the present moment and in the present moment and release some of that like anxiety around control. And therefore that doesn't manifest in me trying to control my food. And same with astrology and human design. It's just showing me a bigger picture of who I am and why I am on this planet and what I'm here to do. And when I learned that I have all these planets in the 12th house, and so spirituality holds or plays a really big part in my personality it allowed me to accept that part of myself and embrace it and stop trying to live so much like against who I'm meant to be. I think that I tried to shut down that side of myself for so long and suppress it. And I was living so out of alignment with who my soul like actually craved to be and being out of alignment caused anxiety. And I think that that manifested in an eating disorder. So basically these were all tools to help return me to my true self, my highest self and when I'm showing up as who I'm actually meant to be, I'm like we mentioned before. My consciousness was not on the food and the calories; it was on things that were so much more bigger than that.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I can really see how it became a lighthouse.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: just like guiding you back, and you know, finding. You had said like the goddess cards and the tarot and the akashic records and the prayer that you used to access that. I sort of think of the akashic records as like the quantum field.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm like a huge Joe DiSponza fan. I like love him. Mm-hmm. Um, but that it was able, to, it's like able to ground you and give you clarity and give you peace and give you guidance. Yeah. And I can see how those are some of the same things that we reach to with controlling calories and and exercise, right? And so it's this way, this more s- nourishing way, this more mm-hmm. expansive way, this more healing way. For you to find your center to find that peace and that comfort that you might and that comfort that you might have been looking for, but the eating disorder is maladaptive. It doesn't actually provide. I think it's really cool,
1: yeah. and going like full circle to the reason that I think my eating disorder came on so full force during my parents' divorce was I was seeking that like comfort and guidance from them at that time, and I wasn't getting it. But now I have this amazing support team of my spirit team, and now that I have that guidance, I'm not feeling the need to micromanage every aspect of my life.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah,
1: yeah, I completely I like so get you, girl. I feel you.
0: Yeah. <sighs> okay, so, can you talk about the process of healing ancestral trauma and its role in recovery? And I'm I don't think we've talked too much about ancestral trauma on the podcast before, but I'd love to hear your take on it and 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 dive into that a little bit deeper. You know, I think we've talked about like how our moms can impact us and that mm-hmm. in my you know is ancestral and that mm-hmm. in my you know is ancestral trauma, but I don't think we've used those terms before.
1: Yeah, so looking at it from like a scientific perspective and this is kind of a little out there too but like we said we can hold trauma in our body and if you think about it your grandmother was at one point pregnant with your mom and at that point she also had your egg inside of her because your egg was inside of your mom's fetus and fetus inside of your grandma So if your grandma is experiencing a lot of stress or is holding on to any past trauma of any sort in her life, she's now holding that trauma in her body, which is being passed on to your mom, which is being passed on to you. So you're almost born in this world with other people's trauma, like programmed inside of you. And I when I first heard about ancestral trauma it started to make a lot of sense and I remember hearing I don't know if this is actually true, but I remember hearing that eating disorders can be hereditary and for me it made sense because my mom suffered from bulimia um, pretty severely for many years of her life. My grandma had her own uh, body image and eating issues as well so I figured that that was true and I always just kind of took it as like oh, I just learned from them that that's like how you handle food but I realized that it was actually something that had been stored in my body as this trauma. And so doing the like inner child work, the shadow work, uh, working with different healers, doing like different um, meditations and energy releases to release that trauma, I realized that a lot of this shame and guilt and hate for my body that I felt wasn't actually mine. I was holding on to other people's trauma and once I was able to see, able to see, oh, that's not actually how my higher self views my body. Like I actually love my body, I appreciate it, I celebrate it because it holds space for my beautiful soul that's on this planet, wanting to do all the things, spreading the light. Like I don't need to hate my body. That's not my feeling or emotion to have. And once I was able to like disassociate from it and release it, uh, it made space for like so much more positivity to come through and that like negative belief to kind of just seep out.
0: Mm, yeah. Yeah. I've heard too that like it can be hereditary and, and like I get the concept of ancestral trauma and I think it's interesting to think like, wow, this hatred for my body isn't actually mine. That's very powerful to see. And then there's this part of me that's like, yes. And also diet culture like, yes, mm-hmm. and also we live in a culture that is that it's obsessed with thinness and that teaches us to hate our thinness and that teaches us to hate our bodies. And so I think that like both exist and both can be massively influential. And I, I like completely believe in and sexual trauma and like things being mm-hmm. passed down and you have the possibility to like heal future generations by like doing the healing work on yourself. Cause like you said, your grandma had this, your mom had this. I don't know if my grandma had this, but I definitely know my mom did like she very much struggled with food and I can see how it would just allow you to let go of the stories and let go of that pain when you are able to distinguish like, Hey, this isn't actually mine.
1: hmm Yeah. And I would argue like, I think like the development of an eating disorder comes from a lot of different areas. Like you said, with diet culture and with ancestral trauma and just what we're modeled to as a child, it all plays a factor. But I think what I realized is like, none of that was actually mine. Like the diet culture ideals, the way that it was modeled to me. So when you can look at all of it as being something that you don't actually believe and you can release it in that way, it's... More healing than you could ever imagine. Mm,
0: yeah. Like so with you. Like none of it is yours and none of it originated from you. Like it's all from outside of you. Yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. So let's kind of, I mean, I love this. This has been so fun. And I'd love to sh- kind of shift into some rapid fire questions to um sort of wrap up this interview today. So Okay. You're on a deserted island. It's beautiful. You can bring one movie, one TV show, one genre of music, one food slash meal thing, and one book. What do you bring?
1: Okay. So for movie, I would probably say uh, Eat, Pray, uh, pray, Love. I love that movie. TV show. It's going to sound bad, but I love keeping up with the Kardashians. (laughs) It's such a like mindless TV show and it makes me laugh. So I would probably watch that just for the comedic humor. Um, What was it? Music? Music genre. Yeah. Music genre. I would say, um, I guess like house music in a way, like, I, I'm obsessed with Lane 8 and Rufus to Soul. I don't know like what exactly what category of house that is, but <laughs> I feel
0: like it's like downtempo house music. I'm super into Rufus to Soul. Lane 8 is good too. I've seen them both play. Yeah, I love them.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're awesome. Um, food, I would say probably like peanut butter or cookie dough. I have a major sweet tooth, so some tooth, so something like that. Yeah, um, and book i would say the universe has your back by gabby bernstein mm,
0: i still haven't read that i going not have to get over to that i think i read her i read spirit junkie i'm kind of it's so interesting i'm sort of like only been exploring gabby bernstein in the last year i feel like i have a lot to catch up on in terms of like her work but I've been like paying more attention to her recently. I love what she has to say. And I feel like she has such this like cool hip, like down girl approach mm-hmm. to spirituality. I was like listening to her speak and she was like sharing with us a prayer and she was like, and then sometimes at the end I add in there, show me what you got, God. And I was <laughs> like, that is so funny. I'm like show me what you got, you know? Like, yeah. it's so I just love that. Like, 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 Realness that she brings mm-hmm. to like spirituality and faith and all of those things. I think it is so
1: she's so badass. yeah, she's awesome.
0: So what is something that is really inspired so what is something that is really inspiring to you right now? So it could be like a quote, a book, a person, an expander, uh, just something that's been really inspiring you recently?
1: Um I would say there's this woman named Ashley Wood. she has a podcast called the Align podcast or the Line podcast. I don't remember. She just changed the name of it. Uh, But she works a lot with the Akashic Records and um, like Starseed Energy, the Pleiadians. And she's been a really leading voice in helping me feel calm and centered with everything that's going on right now with COVID-19 and just offers a lot of really beautiful spiritual insight into everything. So she's a major expander, especially because she's living... Her unapologetic truth so much right now. Like a lot of people would say that what she's saying sounds really out there and really woo-woo, but she's just going for it and sharing it. And I think that's so inspiring, cause inspiring, cause she's not afraid to be her true self. Mm, yeah, gosh. Which is
0: it's it's hard to put yourself out there. You know, it's scary. I don't know mm-hmm. if hard's the right word. It's scary though, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Last question. Advice for your younger self. And I know you're still pretty young, right? How old are you? 25. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good age. Um, but, and you could pick any age group, but like what advice would it be? And what age would you give the advice?
1: My advice would be to trust yourself. I think that I lived so many years, not trusting myself, not trusting my body, Not feeling like I was good enough. And once I realized that like, I'm one with the divine, like I have star energy inside of me. I'm constantly supported. I have no reason not to trust myself and not to believe that everything is always working out exactly as it should. This has been
0: amazing. I've had so much fun chatting with you. Where can everybody find you if they want to connect with you, learn more, ask questions, hang out?
1: Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at bliss by lists. Um, I have a podcast that you can find on iTunes, Spotify, all those places. And it is called bliss by list, the podcast, which I just did an interview with you. And that was awesome. And then you can find my website, which is bliss
0: Amazing. Yay. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. Yeah. Podcast, which I just did an interview with you, and that was awesome. And then you can find my website, which is blissbylist.com. Wait, wait, don't go yet. If you enjoyed
0: today's episode, if it was helpful, if you got a lot out of it, then I would be so grateful if you would go leave a ratings and review on iTunes or share the podcast in your Instagram story. That is a great way to give back. It's the most helpful thing you can do in return if you are loving the pod and you're finding value in it. I would be so appreciative of it, and I hope you got a lot out of today's episode. I'll see you guys all next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Love Your Bod Pod.